So, good morning, everybody. Hope you all slept well and feel a little more arrived, maybe, than you did last night. can take, actually, quite a few layers of arriving um, to settle the body and get used to the different environment and beds and food and schedule and whatnot. It's a beautiful day for practice. So I'd like to what? like to uh, welcome friend and illustrious yoga teacher Ralph Gates. Welcome, Ralph. Do you want to say something? Just to say hi. That's the easiest, yeah. You can just pull it out. Yep. Hi, everybody. Um, yes, yeah, working great. Um, so great to be here. Thank you, Mark, for inviting me. Uh, love this land. Uh, love this practice. And I love the fact that you're here. It'll be great to work. So um, before we uh, continue with our instructions and practice, I want to just have a little moment to invite you to um, release your cell phones. If you haven't done already, um, this is a really important thing that we do these days. It's kind of rare, very rare, that we're ever without our phones and not connected in some way. And it's actually, a re- it can feel like, oh, what am I going to do without my phone? I've got to stay connected. I've got to be tracking people. And but actually, when we do that, when we let it go, one, it takes away the, oh, maybe, I, you, know, I'm, you know, maybe you put it in your suitcase or somewhere. But there's always that sort of itch, like, well, maybe I should uh, check in. So we really encourage you, I know some of you have done this already, to, um, to again, as a practice of, really living more lightly here, simplifying and giving your mind and your nervous system and your brain a break from the constant connectivity and stimulation. So what we'll do is invite you to come up um, and uh, come down into the middle of the aisle here, walk down. Um, You can bow if you like or not, and then place your uh, cell phone into one or other of these baskets here, and um, we will bow to you as a gesture of appreciating your um, active renunciation. So whether you've whether you're handing your phone in physically or you've already done so and you want to just symbolically kind of express that um, act of letting go, please feel free to come up and walk down the center aisle and uh, place your object in the um, baskets. And maybe Diana can ring a bell when people... Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. We don't want to have the managers listening to your buzzes and beeps and notifications and whatnot. So please, anybody like to come up and just uh, release these wonderful, amazing and 
objects of distraction. So, uh, yes, they will be taken away, but you can retrieve them if you want at the end. <laughs> Some people leave, they get so used to not having them, they kind of go home like, oh, shoot, I left my phone at Spirit Rock. Or you might not want to pick them up, or you might not want to turn them on when you uh, end the retreat. It's, you know, it's, it's, it can be quite unnerving. It's almost like we've left, you know, the house without being dressed when we leave our phone for a few days. But as I said, it's always a great gift to feel that just sense of ease and simplicity and lightness that happens when we're not just constantly being pulled or jerked or stimulated every, you know, few seconds. So, and, but also notice what else is here. Oh, what about, what if, being present with all of that. So I'd like to say a little 
uh, more about our practice today. So um, through the day, uh, Diana and I will be giving instructions, many, many ways to practice mindfulness, many different nuances um, to the practice. And so we'll start very simply and we'll sort of build in the, layer in the complexity of our experience. So mostly a lot of what the first day on a retreat is, is arriving. We physically hear, but our mind is often still maybe half, we may some of you have flown from, I don't know, the East Coast or Canada or somewhere, and you're sort of still, you know, halfway across the country somewhere psychically. And our mind is often very preoccupied still with what we left, relationships, work, emails, you know, just the stuff of our lives. And so it can take a while for the mind to just settle into, okay, I'm here, here, sitting, breathing, walking, looking, hearing, sensing. And so I invite you to be very gentle, but also persistent with your practice. And the, the persistence is one of inviting your intention over and over and over, thousands of times a day, your attention, your mind will wander, will feel scattered or distracted or restless. And we just keep inviting the attention just to the simplicity of being present in our bodies, in our sensory experience right now. So right now, as you're sitting, as you're listening to me, there's already some awareness. Right? Awareness is the nature of our mind. We're not manufacturing it here. We're just attuning to what we're aware of. Right? So right now, notice what you're attending to. Notice what you're aware of. Are you aware of your body? Can you feel your body touching the ground? Maybe you're already aware of your breath. Maybe you're aware of what you're feeling because you may be feeling some strong emotion. You might be noticing your mind and its thoughts and, and, and uh, wanderings. Or noticing sights and sounds and smells. And Awareness is ever-present, available, right here. Try not being aware right now in this moment. Try not to be mindful. Try not to notice anything. Is it, po is it possible not to notice something? And I'll relieve you from the pain of that exercise. It, it's impossible not to be aware. Awareness is always present to something. The question is, what are we paying attention to? And so with mindfulness, this, it's an intentional quality of attention. We're intentional about what we focus on, what we attend to. And of course, we can focus on many different things. And in the beginning of our retreat, we're going to use attending to breath, attending to our body as a way to ground and center and focus the attention. The body is always in the present moment. The senses are happening in the present moment. 
the breath is happening by itself. We use the breath because it's changing, it's physical, it's mostly neutral for most people most of the time. And it's a great barometer, it's an indicator for when we're present, because we're feeling it, sensing it, and very obvious when we're not present to it, and where our attention has wandered elsewhere. So maybe that's enough preamble. So a couple of words about posture. So we're going to be sitting, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight times a day, which is probably a lot more than any of us sit normally in our lives. So it's important that we are comfortable in the posture. And Rolf will probably say some things in the yoga, mindful yoga class. So it's important that you sit, um, if you're sitting on the floor, it's important you have a stable uh, base, Right? So ideally, if like me, I'm kneeling. The, I find kneeling very helpful for the lower back. It's very easy on the hips. Um, so you might play with that. There's some benches over there in the corner. Um, and it's, so my knees, my buttocks. So there's a sense of a stable, like a, like a triangle. And the same with sitting. If you're sitting cross-legged, ideally, you're sitting where the knees are in contact with the ground. And if they're not in contact with the ground, then use some of these knee cushions so you so the knees are supported rather than floating in midair, which tends to be put more of a strain on the lower back. So you can sit cross-legged either on the bench or on a cushion. You can straddle the cushion and you can kneel on the cushion, have your legs to the side. Whatever your posture, make sure the the knees are supported. Make sure your hips are higher than your knees. So what this does is you want to create a slight pelvic tilt forward. Because the more the pelvis is tilting forward, then the more it creates a a natural arch in the lower back. Which means when you sit upright, you can sit upright without having to strain to keep that curve and an, an erect spine. So please um, experiment if you need more cushions, need more supports for the knees. Um, I generally find that people tend to sit too low, and that means you can tend to sag and kind of bow the back. I like to sit on two cushions if I'm sitting on cushions, so I get that lift and I get that pelvic tilt. And if you find through the course of the day, as I said, because we're sitting a lot in the retreat and it's straining on the knees or the hips or anywhere in the body, then feel free to alternate with sitting on a chair. So uh, there's plenty of chairs and we can get more chairs in here. Um, There's no point in creating suffering in meditation because you want to look, you want to sit in a certain way. You know, all most Buddha statues uh, people sitting cross-legged, but that's often not how we sit. We often sit in chairs and things. So please be sensitive to your body and sit in the way that's most easeful and comfortable. I'll often sit in the chair for various reasons, knee pain, backache, whatever. If you're using these gray little backjack things, um, 
which I don't think is the best for meditation because they encourage a kind of a slouching. I would put, although I was experimenting with them yesterday, I would put a um, cushion behind you, behind your back, so it actually forces you to sit a little more upright. Um, so again, play with that. <clears throat> And then once you've established your, whatever posture you're in, kneeling, cross-legged, and have your hands resting on your legs or have your hands resting in your lap. I like, to, I like to sit with something to rest my hands on so they don't fall down, so they don't strain the shoulders. So I sit with a blanket, rest my hands on the blanket, allow my shoulders to relax. You might Roll your shoulders back once or twice just to create a sense of openness in the chest. Oh, thank you. And of course, there's no perfect posture. You can fiddle with all the right... We've got so many cushions and accoutrements here. Thank you. Um, and at some point we sit still long enough we'll feel discomfort we'll feel ache we'll feel tension in the shoulders or soreness in the sit bones or tightness in the hips or something and so we'll talk about working with discomfort and working with pain the idea is we sit with a posture that we can orient towards stillness the more still the body, the more still the mind. If we're constantly itching and moving and twitching and fidgeting, it creates agitation. So the idea is you sit comfortably enough that you can actually come into stillness and allow the body to relax, to soften, to orient towards stillness. Not rigidly still, but to soften into stillness. So, looks like you've all found your accoutrements. Sometimes in the course of retreat, it looks like we're building a little castle, a little empire on, us, on, on our mats. So in some principles of posture, we're, we're first grounding, so feeling the, the way the body is Connecting with the, with the earth. So feeling your sit bones, your feet, your legs, touching the ground. Feeling that sense of earthiness, supporting the earth supporting you. And then inviting a quality of uprightness. So the way the, the spine is like the trunk of a tree, it's upright. Crown of the head lifting to the sky. Openness in the heart and the chest. And then allowing a softening, a settling, relaxing into this form. And we're already beginning to establish the first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of body. Awareness of body in the body. So mindful of our physical experience. 
So in the practice, I invite you to close your eyes. So we turn the gaze of attention inwards. And if for whatever reason, closing the eyes isn't comfortable, then you lower the gaze so you're not distracted by visual stimuli. And as you close your eyes, what happens is our inner sensory awareness opens up. We start to be aware of our physical sensory experience. And notice that interior perception, feeling and sensing the body from within, bringing a quality of beginner's mind, curiosity. Oh, what is this body like in this moment, in this place? What do you feel? What do you sense? Noticing the points of contact, the way the lower half of the body is in contact with the chair, the cushion, the ground. And taking time to feel that sensation of contact, touching, hands touching. Way the body's touching clothing. Way aware the skin touching air, coolness, warmth. And all of the interior sensations, warmth, coolness. You may feel energy, tingling, vibration, pressure, lightness, density. Being aware the body is a changing landscape of experience. No two moments the same. Letting go of your idea or image of your body and actually attuning to the immediate felt sense experience that's changing.
mindfulness of body in the body. Sensing and aware of sensing. And then as we attune to the body in this way, one of the most obvious and immediate experiences is the movement sensation of breath. And so without manipulating, controlling the breath, simply notice how the body is breathing. Body breathing itself, feeling sensations of the inhale as you notice cooler air enter the nostrils, maybe some sensations in the back of the throat, and then the corresponding lifting, expansion of the rib cage, the chest, the shoulders, the upper back, the moving, inflating, the diaphragm, the belly. So noticing, feeling all those sensations of the inhale and the sensations of the exhale, the releasing, the deflating of the chest, the air passing through the throat, warmer, softer air through the nostrils. Becoming curious, intimate with each passing inhale and exhale. Noticing all the changing sensations. Staying present if there's a pause between breaths, noticing the stillness and the pause for the next inhale.
And of course, there's many other stimuli that will call the attention. Sounds, other sensations, thoughts, images, moods, emotions. So we acknowledge these things when they occur. And then as a way to support a continuity of attention, steadying of our focus, grounding in the body, we acknowledge these things, thoughts, images, sounds, and then release our attention from them and resume, re-establish awareness of breathing over and over. Acknowledge the thinking, acknowledging the image, acknowledging the sound, and then resuming awareness of breathing over and over. And keeping our practice this simple. You may find as a way to support the attention to focus on a particular area of the breath. Focusing the attention the tip of the nose. Noticing all the sensations in the nostrils of the inhale and the exhale. Or you rest the attention with the chest, the inflation, expansion, deflation on the movement of the belly, wherever's most clear, most easily holds your attention. And as a support, if it's helpful, you can make a soft mental note of in on the inhale, out on the exhale, inhaling note on the inhale, exhaling note on the exhale, 
as a way to name and register that movement in the mind.
where is your attention in this moment? If not here, in the body, in breathing, where does the attention go? And without judgment, it's noticing, noticing the habits of mind. <clears throat> and beginning again, present moment, infinitely forgiving, this moment, sitting, aware of sitting, this moment, breathing, aware of breathing. Sometimes you may notice discomfort in the body, aches, tension. In that moment, we simply bring mindful attention, kind attention, feeling those sensations, tension, contraction, and seeing if we can be present with those sensations without reactivity, And of course, if those sensations are too much, too painful, too difficult to be with, it's fine to adjust the posture. Moving slowly, mindfully, and then resuming sense of stillness, and resuming awareness of breath.
Each time you notice the attention is caught in thought, that moment itself is a moment of recognition, a moment of mindfulness. No need to judge or criticize, simply appreciate mindfulness as returned and resuming awareness of breath. In the last minute or two of the practice, releasing any sense of struggle or strain, relaxing in the body, tuned to the movement, sensations, breath, body. And as you hear the sound of the bell to end the meditation, <clears throat> just in those moments, just simply be aware of hearing, shifting awareness from the sensing the body to hearing. And then after three bells, feel free to move, adjust your posture, open your eyes, and continuing being mindful of that.
So we often say this practice is very simple. Pay attention, notice your breath, feel your body, be mindful, notice when your attention wanders, come back. It's very simple. Instructions are very simple. Not so easy to actually uh, actualize. You may have noticed, anybody notice it was hard to sustain attention for any period of time without wandering, spacing out, getting sleepy, distracted, lost in thought, right? Yeah, the nature of our mind and then the habits, as I was mentioning yesterday, when we come to retreat, we notice the habits and tendencies. Some of those are that we think a lot, thousands, tens of thousands of thoughts a day. And we have this somewhat sadly odd notion that meditation means not thinking. Well, good luck. (laughs) I mean, occasionally thoughts quieten. We notice the space between thoughts. We become less interested in thoughts. We have more space in the mind. But often, especially when we first start a retreat, our mind is thinking and our attention is pulled to thinking, planning. We spent a lot of time probably last week at work thinking about retreat, and then we're on the retreat thinking about work. <laughs> or whatever, relationship, or politics, or whatever your you know, interests are. And so we're not wanting to make an enemy of thought. We just Thought is just another thing that we can be mindful of, just as we're mindful of a sound, of a sensation, of a feeling, of an image, of emotion, whatever. Notice the thoughts, and then release them come back to the breath, come back to the body. And we will be doing that hundreds of times in a day, if not thousands of times. Notice where our attention wanders, come back, come back. And that is the practice, that's the training, the cultivation of attention. We're learning to establish and reestablish mindfulness here, this moment, this body, this sensation, this knee pain, this back ache, this thought, this image, this fantasy, this sound, this breath. And over time, that practice of re-arriving, settling, gets more comfortable, more established. We get more easeful in the midst of experience. And we'll expand through the days to attend and include other things, emotions, thoughts, and other things. But for now, we're just keeping our attention very simple. Mindfulness of body sitting, mindfulness of breath, breathing itself. And so, yeah. There's a cartoon that um, kind of a play on, on mindfulness as a cartoon of as a woman standing in line in the queue, a long queue, and there's a noisy family in front of her. The kids are having tantrums and she's distressed by the, all the ruckus in the, in the line. And the thought bubble pops up in her head. Maybe she's a meditator, I don't know. And the thought bubble says, I want to learn to be in the present moment, but not this one. <laughs> More like a moment at the beach. Right? And that's very true of our experience. Like, oh, I want to be present. Your spirit rock's beautiful. Oh, but my, my knee's hurting and my back's aching and I feel kind of sad or I'm tired or I'm grumpy or I'm irritable or I'm restless. So I don't want to be present for that. I think I'll think about, you know, what's for dinner. I'll think about my hike. I'll think about work. I'll think about whatever. Right? We vacate. 
because we don't want to be in this moment. And that's where mindfulness is actually quite radical. It's a radical meeting and, and confronting and allowing whatever's here, both the beautiful, you know, the, in the coming up from the, the path here and walking past those beautiful cherry blossoms and the dew and the rain is droplets and glistening. And it's, you know, it's like, I want to be present for that moment, but not when I'm feeling tired and grumpy. But actually the invitation is, can I be present to all of it? Can I be present to a delicious bite of an apple when I'm eating breakfast, to walking and feeling the clouds and the moisture and the lush green grass, and also when I'm feeling achy and uncomfortable or feeling lonely or whatever it is. So from the perspective of mindfulness, everything is to be present for. Waking up and dealing with your insomnia at three in the morning, which some of you probably noticed, staring at the ceiling, to looking at the turkeys and all their beautiful iridescent feathers, welcoming all of it. And the moment Diana's going to talk about bringing this to movement, to standing and walking, and Rolf will be doing that, integrating that into movement. So, are there any questions about your practice this morning so far? Being here in the silence, in the retreat, in the meditations, in the walking. We'll have time in various times in the day for questions. And know that if you have a question, you probably will be having the same question as many other people. So don't feel shy. There's no silly question. There's no wrong question. It's too difficult. I'll pass it to one of my colleagues. Any questions? Any unclarity about the meditation, about mindful breathing, about being in silence? Please. Yeah, so the question is, sometimes he notices it's um, easy to be mindful and sometimes it's more difficult. And, and what, was there a reason for that? <clears throat> Probably. <laughs> but what's good to, to be curious about is, is why. You know, why is it sometimes I sit down and it's just very easy to feel my awareness of breath. And my mind's not wandering, I'm not fidgeting, I'm not agitated. And other times it feels impossible. Like I barely feel the inhale before my mind's gone. You know? And I notice the exhale, my mind's gone. To thinking, planning, fantasy, whatever. So, so good just to pay attention and see what, what is it that's actually making it challenging to be here. Usually it's our mind, our thinking mind. Sometimes it's our emotional life that's very turbulent. We're feeling a lot of anxiety or fear. Sorry about this crackling sound. I'm not sure if that's me. Away from my uh, mouth. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I can give you an answer, but it's really for you to pay attention to and, and then to see what, what, are the, what are the conditions that support that. When we're interested in what we're paying attention to, it's easy. Like if we suddenly walk outside and we see a rainbow, 
it's going to capture our attention. If, if I say, now be mindful of the rainbow, it's like, oh, I don't want to be mindful of the rainbow. No, it's like, oh, rainbow. It holds our attention. Right? So, you know, but eventually, you know, we get bored. We, something else catches our attention. So when we're interested, um, when we're relaxed, supports attention. When we're feeling some ease, some well-being. Um, when we're not trying to have a different experience than the one that was here, but we're just welcoming whatever's here. Um, and then we're conditioned by our past. So, you know, if you come from a meeting or come from two hours of doing email and then try meditating, your mind's going to be full of the meeting and the email. So the reason why we, we reduce the stimulation here is it's, that's one of the supportive conditions for being able to settle, calm, focus. But be curious. Just notice that. What, you know, look, some meditations are very focused. Some are completely distracted. Oh, what was that? Sometimes it's just the ebb and flow of life. But sometimes it's very immediate things, usually because we're preoccupied, we're worried, we're anxious, we're troubled by something, we're bored. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. I meant to say more about that. So the question's about, the, and, it's, and it's not in common, um, that when, so the question was about when she brings attention to the breath, that um, it creates a little anxiety, or it's uncomfortable, or some variation of that. How many people is that true? That that's being with the breath is tension, or maybe you've got you know asthma, or cold, or you know just it's just or, or or we get very controlling of the breath. We get into this struggle of trying to relax around the breath, but then we're controlling it. So, and if that's the case, if it feels the idea with focusing on the breath is it's neutral, and if it doesn't feel neutral, it feels agitating, anxiety-provoking, then it's, it is good to shift to something else. So the few options. One is, as I was guiding us before we tended to the breath, was just be aware of your body. Be aware of all the different changing sensations in the body, which might be the contact, pressure, tingling, coolness, warmth, vibration, pressure. Um, so that's one. You can just be aware of the general pulse and sensations. Um, you can be aware of sound, although in here it's quite quiet, so it's not a very good object. The idea with having a, a strong object is it's enough to grab the attention. If the attention, if the object is very subtle, like it's like the sounds are very very quiet, there's not enough to grab the attention. And, and what will grab the attention is thoughts. So um, uh, being aware of the body sensations, and you can also do a practice called sweeping, where you guide your attention through your body. The top of your head, if you feel the top of your head, feel face, skin, neck, shoulders, down the arm, down each arm, fingers, feeling the outer sense of the body, the interior, the chest, you know, all the way down to the feet, and all the way up, back up your back. So that's another very helpful and also concentrating form of practice that will help hold your attention. Thanks. Please. Um, I don't want to go to sleep. Um, 
curious, but there seems to be a tension between them. So the question is, there's a tension between the dichotomy of the quiet and the, the tension? The tension, and what, say more about the tension. Not tension, but attention. Oh, attention. Say more about the dichotomy. So there's there's the quiet, and then there's w- 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 say what is the dichotomy between attention and the uh, quiet? There seem to be maybe it's it's just it's two different levels of the same continuum, possibly, but but somehow um, <coughs> when I have the quiet. It's is uh, it's as if I'm swimming uh, in a deep ocean. I'm suddenly very aware of how far it is to the earth, and and uh, the tension pulls from the quiet. Hmm. And where? Where, I'll, I'll repeat it in a second. Where is the so? There's this, I'll just I'll repeat it. So the there's a awareness of of the of the quiet and the depth of the quiet, and then your attention pulls. Where is it pulled to? I have no idea. Uh huh. All right. So something to be curious about. So, you know, in meditation we have many many kinds of experiences. One of which we can have this deep quiet, stillness, space. And then our attention is pulled to other things. So be curious. So be curious of that polarity. Be curious of that range. And from the perspective of mindfulness, it's just the next thing to be aware of. At times it's very deep and quiet still. At times it's pulled somewhere out. Yeah. Okay, I'll take one last question and then we're going to shift to walking. Please. Mm-hmm. What role does a mantra play in medita- this meditation? Um, it doesn't play a role in this particular practice. Um, in, in Buddhism in general, there's, there's lots of chanting and use of mantra um, as a, a both for devotion and also as a concentration. And generally, often mantra practice is a, is, a, is a concentration practice in that it focuses the mind on a on particular mantra or sound or syllable um, that we repeat and it can be very helpful just like in transcendental meditation you use a mantra um, but also in many other yogic meditation practices mantras are used Um, in this practice we're not using mantras in mindfulness and vipassana Um, the closest to it is when we're using noting so I mentioned about when you're breathing, you can make a note of in on the inhale, out on the exhale, or counting one on the inhale, two on the exhale. That has a similar tone in that we're using a little mental energy to focus, to, to attend to what's happening. And in, in some way, mantra can also be that. Um, if you have a mantra practice, it will naturally appear here because that's what you've trained your mind to do. Notice that and then allow the mantra to be background or let it go and just come to do whatever we're instructing in this in the particular meditation. Yeah. Okay. 
and, and they can be very complementary practices. But in this particular retreat, we're not teaching that as a form. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so um, do we have time for more questions? We should probably move on. We'll, we'll, we'll make time for questions through the day. Um, so, but thank you for your questions. And we will also have time for um, discussion groups where you can ask questions. Um, but uh, good to sit with you. Nice to practice together. Thanks. So Diana's going to share some about walking and then we're off a little about the movement. Maybe Ralph should do that first yeah. and then you... Do you Thank you, Mark, for the instruction. Um, so the um, the yoga practice is just a continuum. Um, if you think of um, the primary practice here is walking and sitting and bringing kind of a steady, continuous application. Like today, you know, uh, the way I'm I'm hearing the instructions, and it's the first foundation of mindfulness where you're collecting yourself into the present. Um, and so um, bring the body, the heart, and the mind into one place. And that's really the intention of the sit. It's the intention of the walk. It's the intention of the space between, right? As you're, as you're getting up and going to the walking meditation, there's still this intention to bring the body, the heart, and the mind into one place. And what we do in the yoga sessions is we explore the intention of the day. Right? It's just sometimes um, I'd like you to feel something. Um, just bring your palms together in front of the heart and just relax and bring the body and the heart and the mind into one place. And so sometimes it's like this. Then bring your palms to your thighs. And sometimes it's like this. And so sometimes it's walking and sometimes it's sitting and sometimes it's other postures, right? That's it. That's it. Sometimes you're eating and sometimes you're doing your chore. And sometimes you're walking and sometimes you're sitting. And that's all that the yoga session will be. It will also offer your body a release, which I think you'll find welcome. <laughs> so. Um, we'll talk about which yoga class to go to, and we'll do that in the, after the sit, I think, the next sit. Or we could do, do it now. Yeah, just to be able to, in case they want to bring the right clothing oh, for the next what's sit. What's the plan? So half the group, one half of the the Right. So there's, let's say there's a, there's a yoga session at 1115 today, and then there's a yoga session at three o'clock. And so if you're on this side of the room, 1115, if you're on this side of the room, three o'clock, unless you have a practice meeting, because there's a list up there of who's meeting with the teachers. So make sure, I'm going to talk a little bit about walking meditation in a second, but make sure that you check that list to find out when you are going to meet with the teachers and where. So you'll check that when you walk out. It should be up. Um, so 
3 o'clock, unless that doesn't work because you're meeting with a teacher, then go the opposite. It's also optional. You don't have to go at all. Um, tomorrow, we'll reverse it. So you'll be the 11.15 and you'll be the 3 o'clock so that um, you'll get, some of you will get a longer one today and some of you a longer one tomorrow. Okay? We'll remind you of that again at the end of the next sitting. Okay. So we're going to just learn briefly about walking meditation. And um, if you haven't moved your body and your, like some part of you is asleep, you can stretch, wiggle. Um, I'm actually, let's just do this. Let's just stand up. So there are many practices that we do here at Spirit Rock. We do the sitting meditation practice. We do the eating meditation practices, your work meditation, and then there's walking meditation or movement meditation, or um, we can... So these, these are the complementary and core practices. And then there's also standing meditation. So I'm going to start with standing meditation because standing meditation leads into walking meditation. And then before we go, I'm also going to offer some adaptations for people who may have any, who may not want to do the walking meditation, may want to stay in place, but still do physical, whether there's some kind of physical limitation or need for an adaptation. Okay, so close your eyes for a moment if you're comfortable doing that, or at least keep them looking downward. And notice your body standing here. Notice the sensations of your feet on the ground. There's heaviness, there's lightness, hardness, softness, tingling. So shift your weight over to your left foot. And as you do that, notice that what happens, that one calf gets tight, there's a heaviness, there's a tension in one foot, there's a lightness in the other. And then gently shift your weight back over to the other foot. And do it slowly and notice everything there is to notice. Heaviness, lightness, pressure, and now... Just at your own pace, moving back, shifting the weight back and forth, noticing all there is to notice as you do the shifting. And you're mostly noticing from the knees down, but you could be noticing from the hips down even. So it's this gentle shifting back and forth, and you can stop and feel the stillness. And then shift some more. Okay, and then pause for a second. You can open your eyes for a moment while I explain. So this is the foundation of the walking practice, and it's also a standing practice. So if you're sitting on the ground here and your body is aching or you start to fall asleep or you just, you know, you can stand up and do this standing shifting practice. And you can do it as much as you want in terms of the shifting. You might want to just stay mostly still, but with a little shifting every now and then. It's up to you. You can still follow, completely follow the instructions while standing. So then taking it a step further is if you want to, um, right now, so again, put your attention, keep your eyes open this time, but sort of keep your attention in your feet, legs, and just take a step or two, try not to, there's a lot of things on the ground, so just do what you can. And as you're doing it, 
stepping, you're putting the weight into one foot, you're feeling all of the sensations and the back foot gets lighter and then you can take another slow step and then you can just, or wherever you can, try to find some space here. And then if you want to take some backward steps back or turn around to where you were. Okay. This is walking meditation. It's also pretty straightforward. It's kind of what we just did with the shifting, except it's in motion. What you will do is you will go outside, or there's a walking room upstairs um, when there's not a yoga class. You can do it today. There's a walking room downstairs. You can do it in the hallways of the residence, or you can go outside. And you just find yourself a path, like about 10 feet. If you're in the walking room upstairs, you want to do it the short way, not the long way. Um, so that way more people can fit. But um, but so you would find a path 10 feet or 10, 15 feet and just walk. And when you get to the end, turn around and then come back and turn around and come back. And you might do the shifting and standing in, in between. Like or you can even stop and do standing, shifting. There's different paces you can walk. You might find yourself walking at a more natural pace, just sort of Mostly what I'm feeling when I walk at a natural pace is my feet hitting the ground, sort of left, right, left, right. You might slow it down a little bit so it's more of a lifting, placing, lifting, placing. Or you might walk zombie style, like super slow, lifting, moving, placing. It's kind of fun. You see there's a lot to feel and experience. Try different paces and see which one you connect with. There'll be a moment you'll go, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm really present. Like, Rolf was just inviting you, like, right here. And then keep going with that pace, and then you can experiment. Your eyes, keep them for the, for, for the beginning. Keep them looking downward. But if something grabs your attention, there's a beautiful rainbow or a turkey or whatever it is, then stop and take a look and take it in mindfully. Enjoy it. Enjoy the sight. Enjoy the sound, the smell, whatever it is. Come back to your um, come back to the sensations of your feet and legs. So just like with the sitting meditation, we're noticing our breathing, for instance, our attention wanders off, we come back to our breathing. The walking meditation, we're noticing the sensations in our feet and legs. Our attention wanders off, we come back to the sensations in our feet and legs. So lastly, I'm going to, demonstrate up from up high. If you can't do the walking meditation for whatever reason, there's an adaptation, which is you would take, you would put both hands on your lap, pretend they're on my lap, and you can just lift your hands as if they were feet. So you're moving your arms up, lifting, and then place. So everybody try that. Pretend they're on, pretend you're on your lap. Just lift it, and you can do one after the other. You can do them at the same time. You can pretend that they're walking, you can flip them over. And this is like a really interesting practice to do. And it gets the whole spirit of what we're doing with the walking, moving meditation. Tension wanders off, come back. And so that's another option for those who need another option. Okay? And you can do different paces, same, same deal. So any questions about the walking meditation before you head out? Yes. Yeah, so when we do the walking meditation, 
right now it's nice to stay contained in a spot. Like you just go back and forth so that you're not sitting there thinking, oh, should I go that way? Should I go that over there? You don't go out too far because we have to come back pretty soon in like 20 minutes. The bell will ring, I think, in about 20 minutes. Um, but later on, feel free to practice it out, you know, outside, take a walk and do the walking meditation outside. Absolutely. And we'll learn to do it in other ways that are more spacious. Right now we're trying to build some concentration and focus like Mark was talking about. So we'll keep it sort of contained. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. We're running a little late. So who is the bell ringer for um, 10, 20 Okay, can you ring it at 10.30, should we say? Ring it at 10.30. That'll give you 25 minutes to do it. Okay, so walking meditation actually begins now. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.